What's up, what the fuckers, fuckheads, fuck nuggets? This is Mark Marin. Welcome to another episode of What the Fucking Fuck. Just kidding. August Fools. This is Brian Porter. You know who I am. Or maybe you don't, dude. You probably don't, actually. Think about it. You probably have no fucking clue who I am. But I'm the host of Invite the Neighbors DIY podcast, and that's what you're listening to, dog. Um, yeah, dude, this episode is brought to you by the Pleasant Underground. Guess what? I'm going to free ball this fucking dude, this fucking ad. I am so hopped up on caffeine right now. I've had a lot of coffee today. All right. Free balling the ad. The Pleasant Underground is a DIY venue in Ferndale. Um, it's at my buddy Kyle's house. Kyle's a good guy. Kyle's one of those Hollywood types that like is not from Hollywood. Um, and he'll he's gonna be like laughing. He's probably gonna send me a text. I'm probably gonna send him a close up of his mustache. Um, see, I dude, I had a lot of caffeine, but I love those guys. Um, yeah, it's a sweet ass venue. They have like an insane sound system. Um, and like it's 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 too much, but it's the right amount of too much. You know what I mean? And they have actual lights and fog and shit like it's it feels like you turn the lights off like i played there i played the first show humble brag and i went around without anybody knowing before our set and i unplugged all the little christmas lights and shit so that when they dropped down the house lights it would actually be dark as shit and when it was like that it was like i was you can't tell dude you feel like you're in a venue because there's nothing but a stage light and fog in your face and people because you know people wanted to see your set you know that's that's another story but Hit up the Pleasant Underground. Um, they're on Instagram. They are on Facebook. Um, hit up my boy Jake Van Loon for booking. Um, you know, I'm probably missing some shit, and I'm sorry. I just am too lazy, and I'm too hyper to go read it. I just next time I'll go back to the normal shits, dude. Unless you really like this, Kyle and Pat, tell me what you prefer, and we will do it your way because you're the ones paying for the ad space. <laughs> Uh, profiting off my friends, but not really because they give me a place to play. So it's a nice hat handshake that we kind of have going on. And I love those guys. August 12th, wayward music video premiere, um, kill hours and versus versus. They shot a fucking badass music video. It's like two bands in one video and they are premiering it at the pleasant underground. And that is Thursday, August 12th. Uh, hate five, six will be there. Not a big deal, uh, to document it. Not a big deal. I mean, only someone who's fucking hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram. Everybody knows in the hardcore scene, not a big deal. He'll be in Ferndale. Um, your boy will be there too. Um, Friday, the day after let it rot hard. Another hardcore show at the pleasant underground. The next day, the 14th, Almost made the mixtape, Feast for the Crows, at all at the Pleasant Underground. Dude, if I tell you more about what's happening, you're going to shit your pants. So just check out the Pleasant Underground. I'll keep you guys updated at the beginning of every episode. All right, dude? Oh, okay. So this episode is with Easy Beach. Well, it's with Ian, Ian Cruz, who, uh, you know, what can be said about Ian Cruz? He texted me and he wanted to make sure he didn't say anything stupid. Um, on this episode and I am not going to listen to it and make sure he didn't because I, as I told Ian, I say something stupid every episode and I've done 125 of them. So 
don't worry. Anything that you think you stupid, you think you say, people are will notice the stupid shit I say ten times more because it's way more obnoxious when I do it. And that's that, dude. Um, said dude way too much in the last five minutes. All good. Um, thirty years old. This is how I act. Fine, whatever. Bought a Supreme shirt today off Grail. Don't give a fuck, dude. Don't give a fuck. I'm living my best life. I'm the Macklemore of emo. You heard it here. <laughs> what is this podcast, dude? Oh shit! But yeah, Easy Beach. Check them out. They're sick. They got a little law dispute, a little title fight, a little uh, brand new cancel, but they got a little bit of it, dude. But they also got their own thing going on. And they got like some Matthew guitar ricks. You know, they're sweet. I saw Ian play solo and I was I was into it just solo and I'm excited to see them live and I'm excited to jam with those motherfuckers too. You know, that that's going to happen at some point. Ian, I'm I'm confident we're going to jam at some point. I want to be in your band. Um in a casual way, kind of like, you know, you like, you're talking to a girl, but like, you don't want to come on too strong because then she won't like you at all. But you definitely like inside your head, you're like, God, I really, really, really want to be with this chick. That's easy beach. But now I just admitted it. So I kind of fucked it, but I'm still going to continue to act like it's all good. And I don't care either way. I just kind of want to jam because that's also true. Um, see, but you get it, dude. They're a sweet band and I'm fucking kind of good at guitar. So like, if I want to be in a band, it's because they're sweet. And that's the cockiest thing I've said all day. But you know what, dude? It's okay. We're all here in this podcast. It's about being ourselves, living our truths. And guess what I'm bad at? Almost everything. I'm bad at almost everything. But I'm good at guitar, dude. I'm good at producing music. And if you're in a band and if you want some pre-production consultation work or if you want a producer to help make your songs less generic and more interesting and less oh i've heard this a million goddamn times hit me up and i will send you samples of what i've done and i will help you out lovingly and for a very small fee because i just want to get my name out there and um add is shit as you can tell by this intro i'm feeling a lot better than when i cut the last intro that's for fucking sure i was all like nearly in tears Talking about how I have no friends. But you know what? This is me. This is the sound of me embracing the fact that I have barely any friends. And and just accepting it. And lo- I love myself, dude. And if if my friends don't call me for whatever reason, some of which are very obvious to me, some of which I don't understand, I'm cool because I think I'm the shit, dude. I love myself. I love the music I make. I love doing this podcast kind of sometimes. Um, and I think that's how people should be. I think you should strive to, uh, have that sort of relationship with yourself where you can just be a goofball and you can get on a microphone and just say, say whatever the hell you want. This is, you know, provided you're not trying to hurt anybody, which I'm not trying to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? I'm just being a silly goose. Um, but yeah, it, it's good to be able to just get on and just vent it out and, and, and not give a shit who hears this or what they think. And if they don't like it, they're probably not even listening this far, but you know what, dude? You know what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying. Um, and you know, just a quick before we get check out Easy Beach. All right, check them out. They're on Spotify. They got some shit. They're playing some shows coming up. Follow their Instagram for show announcements. You know, they're everywhere a band should be. Let me just say that. Okay, so you'll be able to find them. Easy Beach, not hard. Lastly, 
a little shameless self-plug here. My band, In a Daydream, we are done with our record. It's completely mastered. Um, We have a record label. I'm not going to announce it yet. It's an indie label. It's a DIY label, but it's a it's a good it's a it's a good one, dude. All right, it's cool. It's good one because they work hard with the artists. I'm really excited about working with this guy who runs the label. Um, made me an offer I couldn't refuse, and the end of this year slash the beginning of next year is looking pretty bright for in a daydream, dude. It's gonna be fucking sick, and I can't wait to f- no longer feel like I'm a joke. <laughs> to my friends who I've been telling for 10 years that I'm going to make a record. Oh, God. It's going to feel so fucking good to have it out in the world. And I'm not motivated by that or anything. I'm not motivated. Oh, the haters. Yeah, no, dude. There's no fucking haters. I'm my biggest hater. For real. But it's just going to feel good to be able to say, hey, I did something and I saw it all the way through to the end. And that's the best thing ever. All right, dude. You know what? I'm going to go outside. Here is the episode with Ian from Easy Beach. Thank you very much. Follow the podcast. Invite the neighbors pod on Instagram, ITN pod on Twitter. I should just change them to those are the same thing. They might already be the same thing. I never go on Twitter. Fuck Twitter. Um, Instagram's the main thing. Invite the neighbors pod. All right. I love you. Bye. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I feel I feel like I look cooler than I sound. <laughs> I don't know. But the music stuff, it, it I don't know, I never really thought about that. Like I guess like in terms of my myself, my own music. Like I think about like when you hear bands and stuff. Yeah. You think before you know what they look like, you sort of think about it. Yeah. And then I remember the first time I really was thrown off by that was Max Bemis. <laughs> I think where like he sounds like so fierce and stuff, and then you see him, and then you him. see him, and he's just like this like cute like little like yeah. you know mouse or something like that. Yeah, he's he's just his kids are adorable as well. <laughs> but yeah, so Ian, dude, yeah, Easy Beach, this is it. Yeah, dude, we're here. We're in my bedroom. This is sweet. I really like your bedroom. Actually, it's pretty cool. What's uh? So you got a calendar over here for this Vibe. month? Is uh? You got some important stuff going on? No. Oh, holy crap! There's my name, Easy Beach. Well, yeah. That's not me, but yeah. yeah, that's us. Yeah, dude. Right on. Yeah, I was just in Florida. I just got back. Okay. Yeah, that's why you had to cancel the first time. Uh huh. Oh, how was Florida though? Yeah, it was pretty dope. It was. What did you do down there? Uh, well, dude, I my stepsister got married. Whoa. Yeah, and like I. <laughs> Did you have to stand in the wedding and all that kind no, of stuff? No, it was. I did. This is probably the coolest thing I've ever did. So I, I changed like my dating app location to Florida like a month before. So you I, already? I met a girl <laughs> online who lived like ten minutes from my Airbnb. That's hilarious. And we were talking for like a month, and then we she ended up going to the wedding with me. Like we hung out the whole time and stuff. Oh, dude, that's perfect. So you had yeah. like a date lineup and everything. Yeah. So you didn't go alone. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And now she's like, it's weird. Like if we actually like hit it off. She's like coming up to visit me in July. It's like. It's weird. That's actually it, pretty rad. It's not I, weird, but like no. it's like you don't expect that. No, especially from something like Tinder. Usually, it's just like, okay, that was a cool thing. I'm not going to talk to that person ever yeah. again. Like I didn't have the best intentions going in, but like I didn't have terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like we're going to do something that's going to, you know, <laughs> be detrimental to your career or something. But yeah. like, you were just like, yeah, I'm going to have a fun time and go from there. Yeah, I mean, it was nice though. It was nice, like getting out of the house for a change, and like getting out of the state. Yeah, because when was the last time you've been out of the state? 
Oh my god, dude! Probably like three years ago, I went really? to New York. Two or three years ago. Damn. Yeah. Because I think the last time I was out of the state was uh, we went to we were supposed to go to South by Southwest. Not us as a band, but me and this just girl to go. Dating. Yeah, just to go. You yeah. know, and it was like right once they actually did the lockdown, and then that uh, was everyone's it, got so. a, a shitty story of something that got yeah. canceled because of that. Uh, not a shitty story, but a story of something shitty happening. <laughs> Usually a good story or something shitty happening. It's been like the whole year and a half, man. What do you expect? You know? Yeah. Like shows are just now coming back. So we're pretty stoked about that kind of stuff. So but have you guys, else? have you guys talked about like, do you have like a game plan of getting back into playing live yet? Um, or? Well, that's like the funniest part about like the whole COVID thing is, uh, you know, the band started like pretty much right before COVID started and oh the band itself started yeah we've been a band for like literally like a year like a little bit more and then uh right once things really started to like you know start coming back we were already starting to play shows so uh it's kind of funny because we're the only band that we've seen live for the past year and a half (laughs) so (laughs) well yeah we've been we've been kind of active we've done a couple like drive-in shows live streams um so we're just trying to find shows right now to play there's like a couple like little mini festival type things happening yeah and then um we've been talking to uh this guy alex martin uh who plays bass in short fictions and he's been doing like out on like pittsburgh area yeah 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 yeah. and uh like i guess he's gonna try to get us to open up for a couple bands that he like manages and stuff like in the fall and the winter so like yeah pretty stoked about that kind of stuff yeah i was actually you guys came up when i was talking to my buddy jake jake uh jake reese Oh yeah, who I always yeah. call Jake Cobb because <laughs> of his like Facebook name. He's such a sneaky little guy. He's so dude. funny. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he, I was asking because like my band were getting ready to release a record later this year. Okay, and I was like, who in Detroit should we play with? Are you guys going through Good Luck Charm or something? Well, it, that's a funny story. It's not a funny story. It's a long story. <laughs> so basically, Jake agreed to like put it out if no one else does type okay. of thing. One because like. I I don't know. I think we have the same contract then. Yeah, like I don't I don't I'm not trying to like, you know, disparage Jake's label or anything like that. Like what I mean is like I'm going to send it to like a bunch of shit. Like, you know, things that should never say yes to a first time band, but if yeah. they do, I'd be insane to say no. Like Hopeless Records, Triple Crown, like the, the, like all that kind Everybody. of shit. Just to, just because. Yeah. You know, I put a lot of money and time into it, so we're going to see and like if I send it to literally everybody that I can think of, I want to like see if we get any offers and then and just go from there. Yeah. And I told Jake and he's cool. He said, if nothing, if literally nothing happens, that would, he's like, if you can get a better offer, take it essentially. I mean, it makes sense, you know? I mean, yeah. we're kind of in the same boat. Like, did you guys already like finish recording or is it's, like the whole thing? It's being mixed. Up? Uh, it's almost done being mixed and it's going to be mastered and then it'll be done. Where'd you guys go through? Uh, Nick Diener. I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, he, he records. Um, he was in the band at the Swellers back in the day. Okay. Yeah, and he records out of his house. He did the Greet Death record. Huh. Um, he's he's done like old Hot Mulligan stuff. You'll have to give me his contact info. Yeah. Like that's where we're at right now. Um, because yeah, same issue. You know, it's just like we just released uh this five song EP back in December called Mantra. And um, there's like a whole history behind that thing. But uh, basically, we're like doing the same stuff, you know, just like we wrote nine songs. We're getting ready to like go to the studio to record them. 
but at the same time, it's just like, who the hell is going to like put it out? You know, yeah. no one wants to help finance it. So we're going to be paying the whole thing for it. And uh, yeah, dude, it's totally fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it doing it yourself. You know, yeah. it'd be nice to have somebody helping out, though. I think that like, I mean, one, I can give you uh, a couple maybe recommendations for label people that I've I've hooked up with. OK, like just through this. But I think, you know, I terms of like doing it yourself and all that i i really think that um i mean this could be just like self-serving rationalization because this is what i'm doing anyways but i think like showing a label that like you already have the record like you put the money in like you have you know like photography like you have like a press kit that you did yourself like that yeah. shows that a label that like if you're really good if they believe in the music they can also believe in your work ethic because you're already showing it to them if you're just like coming at them like Hey, we have these songs. Do you want to hear some demos and hopefully finance it and make it sound good? You know what I <laughs> yeah, mean? Yeah, they're gonna be like, okay, well, what do you have to yeah. show for? Like, what are you guys doing to actually show us that you're legit enough to right. put something out? Yeah, right. My strategy is to literally do everything myself and then send to a label like a finished product. Yeah, that says like this is ready to go. All you gotta do is like slap your name on it, essentially, yeah. and help me get it pressed. Everything uh, yeah. else is there. Merch is there. Like press kits there. Music video. All this shit. You know, but that, you know, that not that everybody has access to that type of stuff. Like, you know, you got to bust your ass sometimes financially in order to do that. Yeah. You know, I'm I keep telling everybody in the band is just like, I want to stop spending money. You know, it, like, yeah, dude. It, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm fine with spending money for the studio, but everything else is like, let's just put that on hold. Let's figure this thing out and then go from there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I think anything. Like doing anything before you have like the best possible sounding record is putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. Like a hundred percent. I always do. I'm always the biggest proponent of like making the best thing that you can make because there's, yeah, there's so much of a rat race outside of that. Like there's so much to do in terms of like creating content and like figuring out the business side of things and marketing and all this bullshit. Like one before you want to at least, if you're going to really do not waste that all that time, but like, invest all the time into doing all that shit like you better have the product mind, the best shit you can possibly do yeah you know like people at the end of the day like a cute tiktok to market a band isn't gonna go anywhere if like they actually get to your page and it sucks you yeah know exactly I mean? it's just a cute tiktok it's not like sustainable because the content is just there to like push what you're trying to say you yeah know? And if you don't have anything to say who's gonna listen to you yeah you know? yeah like 12 year olds maybe you, you know, know, it's funny. We were just like, we were just looking at some of our statistics and stuff. And like, we did some, like, you know, some posts that we boosted, especially with our last two songs that we released. And we noticed that like most of the people who are clicking on our page are like 13 to 17 year olds in Pennsylvania. So we're going <laughs> to, we're probably going to go to like the arcade or the Chuck E. Cheese down there and uh, hopefully play to like a crowd full of 13 year olds. <laughs> I mean, they're the ones like who get the mom and dad money, right? To like yeah. go to the shows. So yeah. whatever, whoever's listening, it's cool. If they want to hear about me going through my breakup, that's whatever <laughs> right they're I'm probably cool relate, dude. <laughs> but yeah well anyways like before i went off on this tangent i was talking to jake like who should i play with and he mentioned easy beach oh that's funny was like a band so like you guys i was happy that i already had you guys scheduled when he said that because i was like oh cool then when when they actually get here i'll talk to them about doing that's some shows funny. so well let's talk yeah, about it man it, you want to do yeah, some shows we'll do some shows <laughs> yeah because like where we're at like we've been practicing like once a week you know yeah. like we're not in any rush yet obviously because shows aren't really happening for small bands quite yet but i i want to you know by the time we're 
I don't want to play any shows that I market to people until we have like a record release show. Like we're going to play some smaller things and not promote them yeah. and just be on a lineup, you know, but like not talk about just it. Just to get your feet back, like yeah. back in the water, you know, yeah. fill it out. I don't want like a record release show to be the first time we're playing live as a band. Yeah. You know, fuck that. Like, Cause like, that. that's the one thing I noticed with our band is just like, uh, none of us had played shows in years before uh-huh. we started playing again. And then like, once you actually start to do it, you're like, Oh wait, there's all these kinks that we still have to work out. Yeah. So why are we promoting? Why are we playing these live streams? If we still don't know who the hell we are live, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it can feel like, cause there's, it's like this never ending cycle of different bands promoting stuff. And it's so easy to feel FOMO. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so easy to feel like, Oh, that band just had a really good promotion. Like what am I doing right now? Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to not feel that it's, it's hard to like, cause for, for every, I was just literally talking about this yesterday on an episode. Like I was saying that so much of not so much, but necessarily it is a, a vital part of the process though, to literally do nothing. And like experience life and like collect yourself and like, you know, actually provide context for the art you're trying to create. Like if you're constantly just like, oh, I need to have content. I need to do this, this and this. Like when are you finding time to like cultivate the emotions and cultivate the, you know, the context you need to create stuff? Yeah. So that's where the drive is forward for all that kind of stuff that you want to do. Yeah. It's yeah. So it it's it's hard you know it's not easy to like step away from all that shit and, and, and to feel like you constantly have to be doing something because in a way you kind of do always have to be doing something yeah it's it's such a it's a contradiction it's like it's so hard to navigate but it's what it is yeah you know? i mean um there was like a while where we were just like pretty much just practicing every week because we knew that we had like a show coming up or uh-huh. like, we had to go to the studio so like every practice just seemed like we were just you know going to work for this one thing for the show for mm-hmm. the studio and we just stopped actually writing you know and now that we're starting to get back into the writing process again it was just um the past couple of practices have been like oh wow we actually know how to write a song oh we actually have some new stuff to say we don't we're not saying the same things over and over and we're not becoming bored with whatever the hell we were doing before you know just playing right. the same 10 songs over and over but i mean just to piggyback off of what you're saying about like you know observing life and like using that you know um i got like so much crap going on in my life that sometimes the music just takes the back seat you uh-huh. know and i feel guilty for not picking up the guitar every day and i'm not i know you mean writing all the time so you know um i don't know man i'm just gonna try to balance it out as best as i can because i don't know where the, where the fuck any of this is going and i'm right. just gonna take it for what it is <laughs> yeah yeah you kind of have to just take that approach though i mean i think it's good to have cautious optimism yeah about things but it's like i don't know you have to find a balance with that too like you don't want to to plan too much for failure because then it starts to you feel like you're because you're already setting limit. yourself up yeah like you're putting a limit on like your potential that way but then again you don't want to like not have yeah you want to have like reasonable expectations too like yeah you know like if if it doesn't take off the way you hoped no one wants to think about that but also you kind of have to in the back of your mind at least have like a like oh i could maybe my parents will let me move back in or something you know what I mean? <laughs> everybody's situation yeah. is different but like no i get it because like uh the guys in my band were all like you know 31 to like 28 you know oh, okay. so, so like, you're more like me 
yeah exactly just like way older and just like having these expectations is just like well you know i still got to pay the bills you yeah know, i in two weeks i'll I'll be a dad you know oh so, no shit yeah dude congrats like, yeah, dude that's yeah. awesome like literally in two weeks so like that's so cool it's crazy i'm not jealous at all but that's so cool (laughs) (laughs) trust me trust me i get it man i get it like me a year ago i was like oh i'm gonna be in a band and i'm gonna travel and i'm gonna play a tour and now i'm just like well i'm gonna be a dad and now i gotta worry about everything else that's going on in my life to navigate this thing you know yeah because we're talking about booking a tour in october and then i'm just like well i don't know what the fuck my life is gonna look like in the next month right dude so yeah the expectations are all there and just like knowing your limitations and just like well if it doesn't work out at least i know i wrote a really solid record yeah i like you know no one else has to but i know i love it you know i mean that's such a important thing like for me i you know i guess the theme of this episode is finding a balance because uh (laughs) i keep wanting to say that but like on one hand yeah I can relate because like the record that I made is very much I'm the most proud of it than like anything I've ever done in my whole life. Like That's musically, amazing. nothing, nothing else comes close to like this product. But like, so I'll always have that forever. Yeah. You know, same with you, you know, but then at the same time, you feel so good about it. It's almost like if if this doesn't catch on with people, that's a real shame like that. It just feels like tragic. Well, it's because you, know you put I mean? so much of yourself into it. Yeah. You, know? you just wrote, you just told everybody your deepest, darkest secrets about what's going on in your life. And you're uh-huh. like, oh shit, no one cares. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like when you believe in something so much and then to be proven wrong, it would feel like to like not get, not, th- not, I mean, not to say that that's like the right way of looking at it. I'm just saying no. like those feelings would come it's to the mind. It's reality. Yeah. You know? It would, you know. We just released this music video um, back on like Cinco de Mayo, I think it was. So we like released these two songs, Selena Gomez and Blurry. Yeah, I listened to those. Thanks. Yeah. They're okay. Uh, (laughs) But but we released those back on like 420 and then we're like, all right, we got this cool music video we're going to release on Uh Cinco de Mayo. You know, it'll be great. Like, and then uh, we released the music video. Well, we released the songs. Songs went over really well. People heard them. Two weeks later, we released the music video and like no one watched it, you know? And huh. we were just like, oh shit, dude. We really like shit the bed with this one. But at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter because it's content's always going to be there. I know what I put into it, yeah. you know? And like, I'm proud of it. So whatever. I'm wondering like, what do you think maybe you could have done differently? Like it, anything come um, to mind? Like obviously the, yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is we should have had like the video like pretty much ready um when the songs came out uh, or we should have released the video in tandem with like the cassette drop that we're about to do or with whatever else we're yeah, about to do yeah. instead of just dropping it like two weeks later just to keep the content machine i going. see what you're saying yeah yeah it should have been conjoined with something else yeah yeah like the order of operations was maybe off mm-hmm. a little bit exactly yeah. well you know our pr guy was just like yeah so you should release the songs and then like next month you should release the video you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Give me back my $200. Yeah. <laughs> so you did you hire like a full-on publicist? Because that's something that I've kind of been ta- well, uh, playing with the idea. That's for- that Alex guy from Short Fiction. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, you know, he works with like uh, Counterintuitive Records and then somebody else he does PR for who does like, um, you remember that band H2O from like the 90s? Mm-mm. No. Okay. No. Well, they look after bands like that and oh, okay. um, some other stuff like State Champs and oh, okay. origami angel all that crap but he started doing like low like just like a little bit of pr for us got us uh this brooklyn vegan thing and then that was you know pretty much it and then trying to help us 
book some shows yeah, in the winter. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it helps out a little bit. You know, I definitely recommend it if you are trying to get your name out there. You know, he, but I've noticed I've gotten pretty far with kind of just doing it. You know, in house. Yeah. Uh, is, is Alex? Is that a guy where you just kind of like hit him up, or did you know? Because I'm thinking I'm I'm like creating like a list of names in my head for like people that I'm going to contact, like I, try to like find you know to help with my release. I think it was kind of both. I think I yeah. hit him up about like just like hey, I really like your band, and then like I was like, you want to listen to my band, you know? And then yeah, yeah. He ended up saying, "This is sweet. I uh, can I help you guys out?" And that was it. Okay, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, yeah, because like that's I'll probably even hit you up and be like, "Hey, man, could you maybe like hit, oh, connect me with Alex?" Or I something? yeah, for you sure. Know? I'll put in a good word for you guys. Yeah, yeah. just because like you know that's that's not even a secret. Like why I do this podcast sometimes is like making Make connections. connections for, yeah, it's like such a thing that I do. Well, now that we have our connection, we can yeah. like you know make something out of this. You know. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you guys want to do a split EP, we're talking about <laughs> doing something like that down the road. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's tough to say because like. I mean, I've always wanted to do a split. I think that'd be so cool. And I would like to do it, um, you know, probably before like the next record. Yeah. I don't want to, because we're, we're doing this EP and it's just like, I don't know, it's tough to call it an EP even. It's almost, it's almost half an hour. How but, long is it? A half hour for yeah. an EP? Yeah. It's pretty long. It's for like 28 EP. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's almost like a full, sh- you know, short length album. It, you know, it, how many songs is that? It's five full songs okay but like there's an intro and outro there's like interludes and shit like oh, it's right like a production on. you know like it's like a full i'm such a that sounds sick dork about like little like intros like thematic little things like clips from movies like i yeah. have like a clip of like the, the waves crashing while i was walking on the beach in florida that like is in the middle of a song like that type of shit is everywhere oh like man. these little easter eggs all you're gonna have to it. send me this i will yeah please yeah. i would love to hear it yeah i'll uh I'm dude. I'm so fucking excited. I'm so excited, but this is your episode. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's no, dude. I'm I'm so fucking stoked though. Like it's it's hard to like temper expectations because like it really is. It's our first record. I will say that like to toot my own horn a little bit. Like it's it doesn't sound like a debut, dude. Yeah. Like it, and that's because I've been writing music for like 15 years, right? And this is just the first time I've decided to pay to record it professionally and like was at a point in my life because i'm 30 by the yeah. you know i will i'll probably be 30 31 when this is actually released fully and so Fucking like a. you know it, Happy birthday well early birthday yeah man. yeah <laughs> well i'll be i'll be i just turned 30 in february but it's still gonna be a while probably i don't know how long the process of shopping the record around yeah will take but i'm not gonna release it until it's like done i got everything like i said we got the merch lined up got the video like everything is just like pristine you know um but yeah it, it's it's people are gonna maybe think there's a, maybe an expectation with like a record a band's debut or a first ep that it's just gonna be like oh whatever yeah you know what i mean but it's not like it's fucking like it's good like it's good good and it's it's weird to say that but no man i love you, the confidence really because it's just inspiring to me because i'm like wow i want to write something that i'm like it's fucking good yeah like, <laughs> but the thing is dude like it should be good because of how much time like if i would have put the amount like i'm not saying like oh yeah we just threw it together and it's awesome like it's good because i put so much time into it yeah and it was a culmination of like literally like the last eight years of my songwriting and like trying to find people to play in a band and like going through three four different bands that didn't pan out and then me making a decision that like all right i'm just gonna like i need to just be the sole songwriter because I'm, i'm having too much trouble finding people to collaborate with i need to just 
like take the vision's just vision. not there yeah yeah and it's like i have it all in my head but i just wanted to be in a band too and but i'm like i'm just doing this wrong for me i need to do this myself and then have a record and show people like all right if you just listen to me and if you just trust me this is what it will sound like type of thing yeah and I had to find a drummer because I can't play drums, but like I found my homie Noah who played drums and now I have Benny, the podcast co-host who actually is the drummer in the band. Fucking A. But yeah, it's, it's fucking, it's very self-actualizing. You know, when you yeah. hear like you have, it starts with like, is your, I assume like you're the songwriter, you know, all of it. I'm pretty much yeah. like the same story yeah. as you, you know? So like when you have it, it starts just as something in your head, you know? And it's like the idea for a song or it's like a guitar part on an acoustic. And then you've, you have like an idea for what it could be and you take that just a collection of ideas essentially into the studio and then when you finally and it's finally done it's mixed and shit and it actually sounds good it's so like validating yeah or you know, you know? i had that i had that realization moment in the studio when we were with uh tyler at eureka records you know oh he's the one who recorded the drums and some oh, of the guitars really? on ours oh, yeah we like rad. most of it was nick but yeah a lot of it was tyler too oh hell yeah I love Tyler. What a great guy. He's uh, mastering it too. I think that's the plan. Man. Yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Tyler's he's so down to earth. He's great. Um, but it's funny because like, yeah, we were in the studio and we were just like doing like some like group chants or something like that. And me and my drummer Sean, we were just staring at each other like with like these lovey dovey eyes. <laughs> just like, can you believe this is our song? Like, yeah, this, this, this is us. Like, it's yeah. wild when you just yeah. hear it fully. And it's just like, well, I can't believe we fucking did that. Right. That's us. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. And then you have it forever, dude. Like, yeah. that's why it's, I, I don't like to give financial advice to people, but I would even <laughs> say like, take a loan out and go to a studio. Like, yeah. If you got a good song, fucking pay. Yeah. Don't go on GarageBand and do it. Save yeah. that for yourself and your yeah. bandmates so they can get the idea. Yeah. But like, go to a studio, spend the money, spend 200 bucks for like a full day with like Tyler or whatever, yeah. you know, and just do it, you know? Yeah. So like, what was the... Like I did a really weird process recording it to where yeah. like I would do like one day or two days at a time and then like I recorded guitars first because like my drummer quit and I had to find another Ugh. one but I already had the time booked. So like hearing the record and having it sound good is even more amazing to me because of how it back ass words it was done. Me. But like I would do like two days because that's all I could afford and then I would have like th literally like three or four months to just he listen over and over to what I did yeah, and come up with new ideas so like it was like seven five songs with interludes and shit was recorded over the span of like almost two years wow and so it's like the culmination of all that and I think that was ended up working for me I don't know if I'll ever try that process again because yeah. now I like have a band that yeah. but what was the process for you guys like with this um, EP like was it just kind of like book the time and knock it out type of thing or well with the uh, the mantra EP kind of started off where we were it was me and my first drummer uh, his name is Jay uh, we ended up having like, a really big falling out and stuff but we were demoing about the five or six songs at the time maybe it was seven no it was eight we had eight songs at the time and we demoed them all out like fully for about three months until we actually like sat down found somebody to record us and produce the record uh, which is my j friend jake o'shaughnessy and uh his band is called red lord if you guys are into some metal shit go listen to red lord I'm in the right but mood, <laughs> i am can you hand me that water bottle by the way oh yeah problem but um so we demoed it out and then we went to the studio and like literally we, re we recorded mantra three times 
before like the whole thing the whole fucking thing three times now you have to understand at first it was supposed to be like an album and we recorded eight songs and it took us about like a month to record the whole thing but on the second week we went into the studio and somebody had accidentally deleted all the tracks <laughs> yeah such a nightmare oh it was a God. nightmare so that was week two and then we re-recorded all eight tracks got it all done and then the drummer and i had this big falling out didn't work out so he told me to take him off the whole record so in order to do that we had to re-record the whole thing again and this Wait, time i was like he's the drummer yeah yeah he gives a fuck i mean i'm just like why is he thinking that you can't have my drums on. Okay. Oh, dude, that's a, exactly what he said. It must have been a bad fucking... We don't have to get into that. We don't have to. We don't have to get into it. I'm angry. It. But though. if you ever want to hear about it off mic... Yeah. You know. <laughs> that's so annoying. You know, dude. he threatened to kick my ass a few times, and I was just like, I'm not going to be in a band with this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but basically, so like, uh, my buddy Jake was like, you know, dude, it fucking sucks what that guy did to you. I'll play drums, because he's like a professional drummer. Oh. And so he played drums on Mantra, and he was like, we'll just do five of the best songs that you got. We'll release that as an EP, and you'll be done. So that's like exactly what we did. And we did that in about three weeks. So uh, my the guy playing drums is Jake. Bradley was on bass at that point. I had just found Bradley, who's my bass player. And then Sean, my drummer now, uh, he only like lended some backing vocals and stuff. But when it comes to recording and stuff, we pretty much start out with me writing like a little ditty on guitar riff or something, come up with a melody, and then we'll just dick around with it for like yeah. a month probably before I'm like, okay, I think it's time to demo that thing. And then like I'll just okay. sit at home with all the demo stems and just keep writing guitar parts over and over and over until I'm like, mm. all right, we got a finished demo. Now we can go to the studio. So oh, okay. I think we have like nine songs lined up for demoing now. So we're we're ready to start actually recording something, getting something to tape so we can actually hear it back and realize if it's good or not, you know? Yeah. I don't know if you have the same problem where you're like, you'll write a song and you'll be like, that's fucking sick. And then you'll hear it back and you'll be like, wow, completely different. Yeah. So, this definitely like if I, if I smoke weed and then write something that, that happens a lot where I think I'm writing something really cool when it's just like, fucking, I just have the delay pedal yeah. on and I'm high. But like, like <laughs> yeah, that definitely happens sometimes. But um, I don't write songs very much. Is the thing? Yeah. Like I don't play guitar as much as I should. Like you, that resonated with me when you said that earlier. Yeah. Like the songs. Like for instance, this record. There's no B sides. Like there was no other songs. You know, it was like literally huh. everything that I wrote is there. Like, and this is all from like a culmination of like like years. Yeah. Time, and no, so. I've written. So I've written like. With my my friend Brad, we went to middle school, high school together. We're like best friends still. Uh-huh. We wrote like like in a daydream. My band was me and him and starting in high school and like in a daydream. Yeah, that's, that's a sick name. Thanks. Yeah. That's, it's from a Circus Revive song. Okay. So, yeah, but um, yeah. So like we wrote like fifteen songs throughout mm-hmm. high school and college that I'm actually super proud of. And one day we're gonna re-record them like well and like, yeah. release it as like a like a a bonus type record under in a daydream. Like when I. It was like we have like a really connect big connection. Like when I decided to use the in a daydream name, like I took him to a bar and like talked to him about it, and I was like, "Hey, I just want to make sure it's cool with you if I just like go off and use this name." That's yeah. like because it's like fifty fifty him and me. Like makes with, sense with all that shit in the past. But, but you know, he was really cool about it, and like he doesn't really want to pursue music as like a career mm-hmm. the way I do, and so he understood and everything. But yeah, so like I have. 
everything so everything on the record is basically everything that, that that i've written since that era sort of ended you know yeah and there might be like a couple other songs that i wrote technically when i was in another band but like they were more collaborative efforts with other people in the band but like these songs on the record that will be coming out is like everything that i wrote myself hell yeah like was like specifically for in a daydream is is that stuff and then like since then i've written two new songs with 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 benny the drummer and like my buddy adrian who's the plays bass for us now cool does it sound like a completely different band now that you're writing with people yeah in yeah. a, in a way but every it's weird cuz every song is kind of different too like yeah. you'll 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 hear it it sounds like you're interested so you'll hear it <laughs> you know and every song is is kind of different um yeah it's i don't know what that is i i have very uh diverse taste i guess i love radiohead as you can tell like, yeah. i love the way that like every record is different every song sometimes like if you listen to like in rainbows there's so many different things going on in it's that like record the best i'm gonna say it right now i think that's like the best radiohead album it's between that and okay computer yeah. for me it's it's hard to pick i'd go through different moods where i think one is better than the other blah 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 well, when you're trying to like go on a tinder date just play in rainbows that's what <laughs> i usually do <laughs> yeah <laughs> sweet but yeah but yeah so i was saying like i don't have any b-sides but i think for this next one we will I want to explore trying to do things correctly and see what happens. Like yeah. everything you're saying, it sounds like the correct way to do it. Like in terms of like having demos, like I didn't have any demos when I, I had like phone recordings. Really? So you just went into the studio like gorilla style and just... I literally, the, what I went in, like most of the record is written in the studio. Like, like I had the songs, like the guitar, like the songs were written. Yeah. But the, when I say that, I mean the main vocal, the guitar, the, the one guitar part. And the drums, everything else, like the bass guitar, like the the secondary guitar, like the synth parts and shit. That's I, all secondary. Yeah, that's all like while I was there. I had this like idea huh. that like I want to, I want everything else to be like because I was you know the sessions were spaced out so far that like I really wanted to capture like however I was feeling like in the moment when I was Man. there to record. And See, like, you're talking about wanting to do it my way. Your way sounds way better because I've always just dreamed about yeah. like going to the studio and just spending like a, a whole week on one song and just getting weird as hell as yeah. you can with it. You know, yeah. it sounds like that's what you're doing essentially. Yeah, because I was the only one paying for it, and yeah. so like I and I wasn't on anyone's timeline. I just figured this is I want to fucking you know hit the scene with a splash type of thing, and like I want this to be like. I don't want it to be like a debut. I want it to be the best thing I can possibly do. Yeah. And I want it to feel like so difficult to follow for myself that I just said, I'm going to take as much time as it needs. Like I'm going to do whatever I want. Like I'm going to just really just, I'm not wasting anyone's time by going in the studio and noodling yeah. around the shit. So that's, that's what you'll end up hearing is like that process. But that sounds great. It was, I mean, I'm glad I did it. Yeah. You know, I think, moving forward it might not be the most sustainable like if we get picked up by somebody or something like if we need to make another record yeah. it'll probably be a little bit more straightforward they or, may want more demos and stuff like that yeah hear what they're paying for yeah <laughs> which i think i can do a, a good job of of creating demos and something like creating like secondary parts on my own like without going through that process it would just require like more work in the moment it'll just be like a different type of thing like when i'm writing songs that are just um like i have to writing everything like on the spot instead of like taking time and thinking about 
things like thinking about the last session and like how do i want to go into this next time blah 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 it'll it'll still be good i think but like i already can tell like the stuff that i've been writing since the record is is it's more upbeat it's more like the songs are shorter like on the mm. record there's like five and a half minutes is almost like the average and now i'm writing oh, like yeah. three and a half minute songs like more um just like popular concise songs, a little bit structured probably yeah while still trying to like maintain like the ambience yeah that we we did a lot of see we keep writing these like two minute songs and we're like yeah. how can we make these longer or like how can we get weirder with this stuff yeah and like you said earlier like just like where radiohead makes like a record and they just try to make something new every time completely reinventing themselves that's all we really want to do too is just like we already wrote like a bunch of like two minute songs now we want to just write songs that kind of go to outer space and don't come back right right <laughs> Have you, like, do you guys fuck with pedals and stuff? Uh, yeah, like a little bit. Just really started, like, actually making my board finally. Yeah. Cause, um, there was like, I would have done it a lot sooner, but there was actually like a time where I just stopped playing music for like six years, like in between bands. Oh, okay. And then just started this thing back up. So, like I said, we've only been doing it for like a year. So I really yeah. just started getting back into everything that there was. So, right, right, yeah, right. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I get that. I, I never really stopped. Well, it's weird because I didn't start playing live until I was like 27. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I'd always played and I've yeah. always written music, but I just was dumb. I'm just a late bloomer. Like, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I didn't, like, in college, I did, I was writing good ass music, I think, yeah. but I didn't know how to find shows. And I was too much of a dipshit to, like, even consider, like, going to other shows or trying to find them. I was antisocial yeah. in a lot of ways, or a social anxiety would prevent me from, like, going to parties where these shows would be happening, and I don't know. I don't know what it is, but, uh, I mean, the re the result is just where I'm at now. I'm happy with where I'm at now. It does feel weird being older yeah, and going to shows and stuff, and, like, you know, I think... I overcompensate by like looking young. <laughs> you no, know? I get it, man. I'm still getting carded to like get jewel pods. You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> like, I, yeah. 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 Like you go to these shows sometimes. Like I saw, who was it? A uh, retirement party I saw. And then I saw nice in both shows. I think I was like the oldest person in the yeah. whole building. It's just weird. You know, yeah. like I was telling Lindsay over here, I was just like, man, I just, I feel weird. Like, opening up for like you know people who are significantly younger much more talented than me and then like playing to people who are way younger than me so it's 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 weird you know and yeah at the same time it's just like you know i keep telling myself like some of my favorite authors and my favorite people didn't get their break till they were like late 30s 40s whatever you know so yeah, why dude. do i keep putting these limitations on myself yeah when i could just be who i want to be and do what i love rather yeah. than letting people dictate who i am yeah, and you're like, you know, these, these social stigmas I have every single day. Yeah. Like that's constantly reminding myself of that. I was like literally just thinking about breaking this band up like this earlier this week because of those reasons. Cause like, yeah. you know, I got this kid coming, you know, and then my ex is like, oh, you're being, uh, being in a band is stupid. Grow up, you know? So yeah. I'm just like, man, why am I fucking doing this thing? You know, like it, it but it's, I do it because I love it. And yeah. you know, you write something that just means something to you. And if it doesn't mean anything to anybody else, fuck them. Yeah. And it's like... <laughs> Dude, yes. And it's like, it's so cliche, but, you know, all these, like, constraints, they're all just fabricated. Like, yeah. this idea that, like, you have to dress a certain way or you have to, like, I mean, that's a very, like, 
baseline thing. I, I only mention that because my friends make fun of me all the time. They say I dress like a child and I have a million sneakers and shit, but it's fine. Yeah. But Trust uh, me, I got some Yeezys at home. I oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you see them right there in the closet there. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, dude. Those like soles are so ridiculous, but they're the comfy they're shoes They're so comfy, like, dude. <laughs> yeah, but like my friends make fun of me, but like... I mean, in a loving way. They don't like try to. They know that I'm. This is me. Like yeah. they know that. Like I'm not. As long as you're not pretending to be something. Yeah. Like I feel like if I were to quote unquote grow up and like start only shopping at J Crew and like all and like just <laughs> trying to advance. Yeah, and trying just, to like advance my career in outside of music or something. Yeah. I would feel like then I was pretending. You'd be like a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Yourself. yeah. Yeah. Like I, but I living the life that I do now, like just doing this and like doing pursuing music and you know dressing like a 16 year old and like doing all this shit like nothing wrong with it man yeah. i'm wearing this mickey mouse hat right now you know <laughs> it's whatever it's fun dude like you know i just make fun of my friends i'm like oh, you're just jealous i swag yeah. and you're fucking getting old dude so exactly fun. right I'm, that's I'm, what i keep saying too. i'm peter like, pan dude and you're fucking wendy so it's whatever yeah <laughs> like you have no hobbies and i do get over it <laughs> <laughs> like people like what i do for at they're my hobbies you know? yeah it's crazy no it's 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 good though. I mean, you just got to do what you love, yeah. man. And like, it, it can be scary, but like once I kind of just committed, like turning 30 sucked. Like yeah. that was scary. Like, oh shit, I still have a record out. Cause I started recording when I was like 28, you know, and now I'm 30. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it should be out by now. And like, I have friends who think, still think it's never coming out. Even though I told them it's like <laughs> the mix is like pretty much done. Like it's going to come out. It's going to come out one day. <laughs> like I, I sank like at least three grand. I stopped counting oh at, at like three grand, you know, like in terms, not like entirely on the studio, but like, if and you think about that comes with gas it. and like, you know, even, even new things instruments, like strings. Yeah. Whatever. Like, you know, um, all this shit. Like you spent a lot of money on it. And I'm like, dude, it's coming out. Yeah. Dude, at some point. Don't worry about that. Are vocals and everything done? Or is everything it, is everything, for, everything's you're trying. just just waiting. Man. Just just trading. I wish I had that patience, dude. <sighs> yeah. I mean, it's cause I believe in it. It's yeah. cause I really believe that like if I just wait and I just do everything correctly, it's good enough to where it'll be worth it to have it. Like you know that, what? You know? We're not hitting the studio this year. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to hold off and just make sure it's ready before we start doing anything. Man, I'm yeah. taking a cue out of your book. Do it, dude. Yeah. Because I, I, yeah, I'm super stoked about it. Like, it'll be worth, like, if I would have just took the first mix of it, like, I sent notes back to him and he's now, he's like working on that. And like, if I would have just like just done the songs, not had the intros, not had like the little movie clips and all yeah. the weird, it'd be good, but like, it wouldn't be like, whoa. You know, maybe it would to some people, but to me, it's not. I would constantly be thinking like, "Oh, I should have just been more patient and just done that too." Yeah. You what know? What's your favorite movie quote that you've got on there? Oh, okay. So from Rebel Without a Cause, but okay. with James Dean, and I've it's never seen it. it's like there's one from there, like in the it's in the bridge of the single, and he's like, "If I could have one day where I didn't have to feel all confused and I could just feel like I wasn't ashamed of anything," and it's just like I recorded it. Um, like I just stuck a microphone up to my sound bar yeah. and it, I already had an idea for where I wanted to put it in the song and I dropped it in. It was like the perfect length. It was like one of those serendipitous sort of things. That's like a heavy line, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'll show you. Like I'll send you, like I have both of the singles, like the first mixes of them. I'll send them to you. Cool. It's, yeah, it's fucking rad. And then I have one from, um, American beauty when he's like watching the bag or that, that cliche. Oh, yeah. And he's like, there's something about like there's so much beauty in the world. Sometimes I feel like my heart can't take it. It's and, a great movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
So those are the only two like movie clips necessarily. <laughs> but then there's like a clip of like a preacher saying something because there's like religious themes in oh, the record. It's about like do you deal like, with that a lot? I I kind of so my best friend passed away when I was 22, uh-huh. and his his it was weird. Like his funeral was on my birthday when I turned 23, and like it was in this Catholic church, but he wasn't Catholic like his family was, and it was just it you know the whole record is kind of about like dealing with loss and like trying to like all the kind of bargaining that you do with yourself and like all the things you kind of try to do to numb the the pain and then like try and it's not necessarily the stages of grief, but like it's, it's how I responded to it and like the things that I went through and how I came out on the other side and like types of epiphanies that are required. Like basically the idea that is like, the only way to ever be okay after something like that is just to accept that it's not going to be okay and then yeah. just move on in reality rather than trying to like use drugs or use just whatever. Just like cover it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Oh yeah. I mean, um, I think I, I think we all deal with that every freaking day of our lives. Yeah. You know, it's just like trying to move on from something and I'm sorry to hear about your friend. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it's like, um, but religion is kind of like, I use that as like a focal point. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the intro and the outro is like this old um, Christian piano hymn like on on piano that I took the lyrics to and I changed the lyrics to make them like anti-God instead of pro-God. <laughs> and so it's kind of like about like, if this is, if you can let this happen, like you literally going to have my best friend's funeral on my birthday, yeah. like fuck you essentially like taking that type of feeling and then using that as like an anchor to like explore the other themes yeah. of stuff. So yeah, there's, there's definitely like religion throughout it, but like I'm actually not super anti-God. Like I, okay. It was more about like, trying to like capture a feeling capture like an aesthetic an idea that i was going through like whereas i'm in a place in my life now where i feel really good like i feel pretty like spiritually connected in a lot of ways do you like, do like a lot of uh psychedelics and stuff i used to okay not anymore gotcha. not anymore at all actually but like oh yeah i did you know <laughs> like i i feel like it opened up the floodgates for me like in college i did acid and shrooms and stuff like that yeah but now i feel like i don't have anything to gain from it totally like i'm it it opened up it unlocked what it was gonna unlock and now i feel like i'm there with it yeah you know and now I mean? you can start to see what it was trying to show you the whole time yeah 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 like i think people should do it if you can handle it like you should definitely like For sure. try it um but no i definitely and i'm not saying this just because my dad listens to this podcast like i straight up <laughs> don't do that shit anymore because like i just don't have don't any. worry about it dad yeah <laughs> <laughs> no but like and my dad's a rocker. I blame him. You know, he got me into Pearl Jam and Nirvana, Metallica. So I'm going to do with my son, man. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's so, cr- dude. We should talk about that because that's crazy. You're having a fucking kid, dude. Like, yeah, his name's going to be Milo. He's named after the singer of The Descendants. Oh, really? No, no. no. That's, what, that's what I like <laughs> to tell everybody. Hilarious. The mom would uh, kill me if she really thought that's where it came from. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, are you guys. Uh, I mean, you're going to raise them in your image, right? You're going to like make oh, them a musician yeah. I mean, and all this shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like when I was growing up, my dad, you know, would always like throw on a Van Halen CD, Metallica, whatever. And then yeah. be like, hey, who is this? What song is this? You know? And just like drew the sound engineer. Exactly, <laughs> dude. Like every little thing. And then, uh, you know, that just kind of like stuck with me. That was like, that's like one of the only things I really know or have with my dad is like this music bond, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, that's kind of my goal is just to like bring up the kid as much as I can and like, you know, and, and the things yeah. that I love, you know, and just dip him into that. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. He's going to be his own person. If he yeah. wants to go play soccer or football, well, I'm not, I'm sorry, dude, I'm out of your life. Yeah, mom, I'm kidding. Mom's taking I'm you kidding. practice, dude. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Dude, I'll be there, great. dude. I'll be I'll be tying shoelaces and everything. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's not that one kid who wants to like be number sixty nine in, in like eleventh grade. Or no, in like in like eighth grade football. I'm sixty I'm like you shouldn't know what that means. It's really weird because I feel like everybody knew what that was but me. You know, really? in eighth grade. That's yeah. Funny. I was a fat kid, dude. I got kicked off like <laughs> Every sports team, no one ever picked me in anything. Oh, that's so, why like, you're a fucking emo musician, dude. Yeah, man. I really do <laughs> wear that heart on my sleeve, you know? Yeah. And then people are always like, oh, man, I want to date a musician and want the emo guy. And then you no, get him and you're don't. like, wait a minute. You're like yeah. broken. You're like, you're like, I'm not qualified like professionally to be your girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, you take a lot more effort than I was like yeah. willing to put in. Yeah. <laughs> that's great, dude. Yeah, like I, I'm trying to think of like what turned me into like such an emo bastard, oh, man. But like I think really, I I don't want to blame my parents necessarily. Yeah, I mean everyone's parents fucks them up to an extent because that's kind of their job. Like, oh yeah, you know, like you realize that your parents are just people that they screw up and they're they're still trying to figure it out. Yeah, you know, and so like there, there's definitely things where like I butt heads with my dad or like had a strained relationship with my mom. Like my mom moved to Florida when I was in like ninth grade. So like that was, you know, predisposed me, I think to like be emotional and like have like attachment issues and shit. But really it was more of like an aesthetic thing. Like when I was introduced to like green day, blink 182, that type of shit, my chemical romance, you know, like those are like the, the jumping boards, you know, like that's where I got sprung into it too. Cause I think like the first real band that I fell in love with was blink 182, you know, like enema of the state, like do ranch. Yeah. It was more like, I just wanted to look like them. Like I wanted to dress like where the curly and and the Atticus, you know? And yeah. Like I remember like simple plan. Like I had, the the black armband and the red white and blue armband that the singer had yeah dude <laughs> i like literally wanted to have like everything be like that so i think like the guitar playing came secondary like i first i was just into the aesthetic of the whole thing yeah. and then i started playing guitar and i realized like oh i better than my friends at this you know because yeah. we all started around the same time like all the kids that wanted to play guitar started in like seventh eighth grade or whatever yep and then i realized i was like better than them and not to sound like a dick but like i just was you know because like i just i probably did it more mm-hmm. and i just had like the, like my natural ability is is music and now i have friends that are like much better than me at guitar because they actually study theory and like yeah do technical drilling but it, guitar has never once felt like work unless i was changing strings <laughs> like i've never once felt like learning guitar was work and no it's always been fun and i think that's why i got good at it is because i would do it every single day and like i would just go into my room and like pretend that i had these problems you know that i had to pour out you know yeah yeah um it's funny that you say that because like i remember you know um when i first started learning guitar i was like probably like eight years old or something and i was seeing this like you know guitar teacher and it was my second or third practice with him and he was like I think he was just like really annoyed with my playing and he just told me, you know, it'd probably be easier if you just got a book and taught yourself, you know, you'd save a lot of money. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, an, I'm eight years old. I'm not even paying for this, dude. But uh, I took his advice. I got a Blink-182 cover book or whatever, you know, a tab book. And I just learned all the songs in it and I've never learned another song since. So yeah. all my songs are just Blink-182 songs on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I was like, I was more of a, a tabby type yeah. kid too. Like, I realized, like, my friends pointed out that, like, one of those, like, I'm, I've kind of, like, lean into 
my like i feel like i've tried to figure out like what my skill set is and just really lean into it rather than like try to expand it more yeah. which i should honestly like it's one of my bucket list things is to like learn music theory and I like wish. learn i don't get it but like i am at least blessed to where like i can hear things and play it you know what i mean yeah. like i don't have to you don't have to be like hey what are you playing right there you yeah just, just pick it up by going, yeah like, okay, like, I if i have the skill to play it i don't need to like i can just hear it and, and figure it out not it's not automatic but like yeah. it's you know doesn't take doesn't take long yeah it's know? hard to find people like that because everybody thinks they want to be in a band and then you get them in the band and then like they start jamming it's like oh but you don't know how to just play and yeah. groove and yeah stuff. yeah so like I would learn by listening to songs and then like writing my own tabs yeah. for songs and stuff. Like if I didn't have it, like if if I found a tab for like a White Stripe song or something and it was wrong, you tab it on yourself. Yeah, I could hear that it was wrong and then I would do it the right way. Yeah, and like just on my little notebooks and my parents had no idea that I was actually getting good at something, which is <laughs> funny. Like I don't think my dad knew I was good at guitar till like I came home from college one year, when like I because I literally was like writing music like prolifically in high school with my friends yeah and it was always at my friend's house because he had the drum set so they never heard you actually do no idea like the last time you probably heard me was like eighth grade when i was like calling him up to play like velvet revolver (laughs) (laughs) and then i came back from college and i was just like brought my amp and guitar and i was just like jamming he was like what (laughs) no i think my dad's kind of the same way because like we had sean and i my drummer now we were in this band back in like 2009 called pen pals with the president <laughs> it was it was when obama was president you know and we were like oh i'd love to write to that guy you know <laughs> if, could funny, you imagine dude. being pen pals with him oh yeah so but like all we wanted to be was like at the drive-in and stuff so oh my, that's yeah, interesting when my dad got around to see our shows he would be like oh you guys just scream all the time huh <laughs> and go crazy yeah they can't see past it <laughs> yeah they can't really see past it so like now that he saw easy beach uh one time he was like oh, okay this, is, this isn't too bad like, yeah. good for you. Like you're finally growing up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Yeah. It's funny to like, just like hear what like your parents have to say or like your friends. Cause a lot of my friends are the same way. They just think I'm just writing these like really like angry, screamy type songs. And sure. I'm doing that for sure. Yeah. But like, they've gotten a little bit better than from I think, 12 years ago. You know what, dude, maybe we should, I want to kind of talk about your vocal production <laughs> a little bit <laughs> because I think that like it, <clears throat> You know, I'm sure you feel the way you feel about it. And I, I thought it, it was good. Well, you know, vocals. <laughs> it's you have like a it's like a very it's like a rough vocal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's you're not John Mayer, let's say. You know no. what I mean? But I oh, think I love that John Mayer. I love John. Mayer. Oh, man. You're going to go see Dead and Company. I have seen Dead and Company. Oh, man. I was front row for Dead and Company at DTE. Oh, right on. Yeah. In the pit. It was fucking amazing. I've seen <sighs> seen John Mayer twice. I think that was like one of the last that. shows I saw was them in uh, Virginia or something like right before 2019. So, yeah. I think though that because I really like like on my record, I'm like a producer too. Like I, I like I'm the mind of like I know like almost every layer you hear is like I it was my idea to do it. Yeah. And Nick was awesome about it. Nick Diener, like he was awesome about like just making it happen like sound engineering the sound and like producing yeah. it for me mixing it for me and all this stuff because i don't know how to mix i don't know how to sound engineer really but like i know everything that i want like down to like the the number of guitar do you want to my jewel and, real quick you don't yeah. do you, is oh, that cool absolutely okay. you're fine thank you <laughs> but like i so i have like when i hear things like i think about 
production and like, oh, this would be cool if you did this or if you added this layer. And I really want to start like working with bands on like their demos yeah. and like on their production and stuff as like almost, I don't know if it's the right term, but almost like a production consultant. Because I oh, think man. when I heard it, I thought like this would be great if you took the vocals and you did, you doubled them and you maybe put like, um, a little bit of drive on one of them and like had that sitting underneath it and then you had like the main vocal over top of it more yeah. like basically what it is but then you add like a layer of like kind of like driven and maybe panned off to the side a it's little bit so funny that you're saying all this because like every time we go to the studio I'm just thinking I wish there was a producer who knew vocals yeah. because like everyone that I've ever worked with only knows how to record guitars and drums Yeah, you know so vocals is always a mystery to everybody like how do you make them actually sound right pop correctly and just yeah. have like all the right you know under like underling stuff and yeah i mean whenever it comes to my own vocals like um i really just try to hide it in the mix as much as possible because i get so embarrassed by hearing myself and i'm just like oh i sound whiny you know i've had yeah. a lot of people just complain about my vocals i have friends telling me i need to quit singing so <laughs> no you just need to figure out like you know create a sound for it yeah. like you know and i have like a, i'll show you my fucking rig downstairs before you go okay i have like a vocal effect board too that i use because cool. i have like i use a lot of doubling on the record and stuff so i have like a pedal for it sweet there's like things you can do like both in production and live that aren't that hard just maybe invest a little bit of money but it's not terrible but yeah i think i that's that's just what i heard because i'm like this vocal is just it's like it's it's good for like this type of music. It it needs to be produced differently. Yeah, you know. Oh, totally. Because I think like the sound of the guitars and drums sound great, but then yeah. once you hear the vocals, it's like okay, there's something sticking out to this. Yeah, you know. And I can't believe we're talking about this live on air, like <laughs> critiquing the like the records and songs and stuff. But it's like, yeah, if I could go back, it would be for the vocals the most. Yeah, because I with uh, Selena Gomez and Blurry, I've been singing those songs for like six months. So I already mm. knew what it was going to be like. Yeah. But of course, when you're strapped for like, you're only in the studio for a day, you don't get a whole lot of time to just mess right. around with it. You're just like, well, we got to hurry up and get these singles out and be done with it. Right. So, yeah. Right. And you know, I'm not, that's not to disparage it or oh, anything no. like that. I'm just thinking like, I, I'm surprised we got it done in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's something to consider like for when you go into like do the next run. Yeah, you know, like because I, I really th I heard it. And I was like, oh, this would be really sweet if just you just like did these couple things and like I, you know, I don't know how to make it sound good in terms of like mixing and like, but I can tell you like this is what it needs or yeah. like this this would be cool and that all that is is just like listening intently to things. Yeah, that like and it's hard when you're in the band like listening to it, yeah. and hearing those things because you've demoed it, you've played it a million times and then you're like, well, I don't know because this is all I know how it sounds like. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what else it needs. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I've gotten that idea from like, you know, brand new's canceled, but like back in uh, before they yeah, were. Yeah, no, that's where I get all my ideas too for the vocals. It's just yeah. like you have those two or three vocal tracks underneath that are like either low and high yeah. and then one main one. That's what I've always wanted yeah. to do. Yeah. Like if you look like the record Daisy, especially yeah. like Daisy, the vocal production on it, like if you listen to it with headphones, it's like, it's amazing how many different layers there are in yeah. order to get, it's not just one guy screaming like yeah. that makes, if it was just that, it wouldn't sound good. It wouldn't. It's it like, it'd be like my record. <laughs> It's like, but there's like a scream and then there's like a low voice, almost like a talking volume over here. And then yeah. there's like a different, it's like another scream, but like a different kind of pitch. And it's like a produced differently, like yeah. a tone, a little driven. And like you add those things together, it's like this huge sort of like guttural thing. And it's like, 
any one of those by itself wouldn't sound right, but yeah. all them together, it's like, fuck yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah, I mean, the, it's it's just a matter of producing shit right, I right? Think, you know. And well, that's what we need too. Is just like a, a producer who understands the sound that we're going for. You know, like we were super lucky with Tyler because like yeah. he knew exactly what we were trying to do. You know, he's been working with like bands like Dog Lake, Worst Party Ever, stuff like yeah. that. So he yeah. got it. You know. But like the last guy for Mantra, he's all metal. So he did not know what oh, I was doing. At yeah. All. Just took the job type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's cool. Good for the resume, I guess. So Yeah. <laughs> what do you think though about like uh, the stuff that you've been writing that you're going to put out next? Like, do you think um, like thematically how that kind of differs? Uh, it's definitely a lot grimier, darker. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the, on the last stuff we were just writing like hook, like, I guess songs with hooks, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. like this next one definitely deals more with like, I guess just like the rawness and, you know, a lot more tapping, a lot more just experimental oh, okay. side of it because Sweet. we're just trying to like, trying to break away from that sound. You know, like mm-hmm. we've always kind of envisioned ourselves more as like an emo jam band or something like oh, okay. indie jam band. Yeah. You know, if we just want to like make it this whole atmosphere like when you hear a song it takes you somewhere and then uh you just get lost in it you know like if you ever listen to the band cloud nothings like they're I've heard of them dude they have these songs that are like eight minutes long oh, so like sweet. it's just like they've got these great hooks great you know lyrics and just really drive you in and then at one point in the song it just goes somewhere else and then comes right back in your face with a punch yeah you know so like um with selena gomez and blurry uh, i wrote those and then I went to Dylan from Cloud Nothings and I was actually workshopping the songs with him. And we just talked about like that whole process of extending songs, making them weird, getting it to the point where like you can just forget about everything that you're doing, get weird on the guitar and then just, you know, do it from there. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, I'm fucking into that, dude. I'm all, I'm all about that yeah, shit. Yeah. Because like, we just want we just want to be able to like not only write long songs, but also like when you're playing a show and someone says, okay, you got 45 minutes of play time and you're like, well, my set is about 25. Yeah. How am I going to extend it to 45? Yeah. So, I don't, cause I, I, if you're going, I've always said, if you're a local band and you're going over 10 songs, you've overstayed your welcome. Oh, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's like even pushing it, I think. Yeah. Like, like six, at, between six and eight, perfect. Yeah. You know, you come in with a punch, you leave them impressed and wanting more. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, even like when we do like rec when we start playing the record live like i don't even know that we'll do the whole record like, yeah you know like i'm gonna have i want it to feel instead of like squeezing every song in i'd rather have like i set up my computer and i like play intros and interludes and shit like live cool. too and i want i want to make sure i leave time for that so like even if even if that cuts into the time that I could use to play songs, I'd rather do that. Yeah. And if you come see us again, we'll play a different song collection of songs or something. That's the you best know? way, man. So it's like a new experience every time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm not getting bored by it. Cause yeah. I've seen bands like Foo Fighters, you know, band that has like what, eight or nine studio albums. Right. And then you go see them and they still play like the same three songs. And then yeah. like an hour of the show is like literally just them talking about themselves. Yeah. So, <laughs> so if you ever go see Foo Fighters, it's the same thing every show. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, uh, well, yeah, dude, let's, uh, like I said, I'm going to show you my fucking board downstairs because I love showing that thing off. And uh, I'll show you like that vocal stuff that I have and maybe give you some ideas. But, um, cool. 
I want I want to like rap so that we can do your song and then uh so just let people know like where they can find your stuff and social medias and all that. Okay. Uh well you can find us on Instagram at Easy Beach M I and then we're uh, on Bandcamp, Easy Beach. Easy Beach. <laughs> and where are you guys it. from, by the way? Uh we're from Detroit. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. All right, cool. Uh, okay. Hey, I'm Ian Cruz from Easy Beach. <laughs> Uh, the song is called Boxes. Okay. Uh, I'll do like two more and call it good. All right. Tell us who you voted for. <laughs> it was Biden. It was. Get out. Oh, sorry. I didn't know this was a Trump house. Mm. You learn something every day. <laughs> <laughs> the song is called Doormat. 
Every time you talk, I don't know what to say. Cause you intimidate me. Reading every line, missing every word. I don't know why you're talking to me. Chested. I guess we'll all eventually be calling it quits. And I want to meet your friends and all the stupid shit they said. No, you're cool. Just pick out the best ones. That's, that's... No, I, I actually... I like doing something. That, like, just made it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm not going to record an outro for this because I'm fucking lazy. Follow us on Instagram. If you can't find us on Instagram. Easy Beach MI. Delete your Instagram because you shouldn't be on there if you can't find us at this point. All right, bye.